0: Welcome to the How to Health podcast, and today I'm, oh my goodness, I'm overexcited and just, I can hardly stand it, but Marco Borges is coming to join us from 22 Days Nutri- uh, Nutrition. How are you doing today?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: No, thank you. Um, so
1: good to see you again.
0: I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. I just, you're such a delight and full of energy that you just, you know, you bring a smile to thank people's you. faces. That's a it's thank a blast. You, thank
1: you.
0: <laughs> And um, I'm just excited that I had the opportunity to meet you. Thank you, Dr. Khan, and uh, for introducing us. And just you have such a wonderful operation down there in Miami, and I just can't wait to get talking about that for sure. But you know, going back just a little bit, tell me a little bit about your background and how you became the Marco that we see today.
1: Um, A a bunch of serendipitous moments, I I guess I can uh, attribute it to. Um, The reality is I. I think I mentioned that when we uh, first met I started off wanting to be a doctor and I realized um uh, the medicine was way too reactive for my appetite and I decided that I wanted to do something a little bit different um and I I I've always thought that it's much easier to live proactively um than it is to react and I've the saying that it's much easier to keep up than it is to catch up um and the reality is you know you you look at um you know Disease, um, whatever face it may have, um, whatever type of disease, and and it's unfortunate, but typically when people get unhealthy or when they're faced with some sort of life-threatening illness, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get better. But we don't often do whatever it takes to stay better in the first place. And it's to me, it's really it was always puzzling, even as a kid. Um, so the curiosity started at a very early age. And I grew up an athlete, and I was super active, and I've always had, like, you know, tons of energy, and I'm always bouncing off the walls. So for me, it was really about, you know, okay, how do I keep this, and how do I never lose it? Because I love life. Like, I wake up every day, I jump out of my bed every single day. Some days I get more air than others, but I'm that guy that just jumps out of bed every day. And I, I love my life. I just feel like I'm super fortunate, you know. A, to be alive and to be doing what I do and to, you know, to enjoy my life as much as I do and to have the people around me that I have is, is really a reason to live, to really live my fullest, my best life. And a lot of times you find that people um, live their lives with fear of dying, right, but not love of living, right? And there's a very different approach because when you think of life with the fear of, li- of, of dying, then you're just like, well, I've got to die of something, so it's okay to smoke occasionally, or it's okay to eat more meat, or it's okay to have tons of processed foods, or it's okay to have soda. I've got to die. I'm going to die at some point in time. And if you think of it like that, then yes, you're right. At some point, you're going to be right. You're going to die. But that's really not the way to live, not in my eyes. My, in my opinion, it's life is is beautiful. It's such an incredible blessing. We are all so so privileged and so blessed to be alive mm-hmm. and and every day that you wake up is another opportunity to live the life that you truly want to live so to wake up and think oh well, at some point i'm going to die that's really not living that's waiting to die i'm not waiting to die i'm definitely not doing that i'm going to live my life to the fullest and then one day you know it ends but i'm going to i'm going to do what i can as long as i can as hard as i can
0: wow so where did you become that Person. I mean, was that always you? Were you raised that way? Or was this something you picked up from your parents? I mean, that really desire to live. Because I know that a lot of times when I had sick patients come in, they're chronically ill, they're depressed, they're all the, like you said, they, the disease has overtaken their life. And that's what they focus on because it's just literally surviving day to day. Sometimes it's a matter of just breathing for that moment. And um, how did, when I approach them about getting better by eating this way, there's a spark of that life, like you—the light that you shine. I mean, your sh- your light is very bright, and I love it. So, how how did you get that? I mean, was that something instilled by your family, or is that just—I mean, what where did that come from?
1: I I don't know. I I think that uh, as far back as I could remember, I was always like this. So there wasn't any one thing. I just know that I've always, I mean, like, what is there not to love about being alive? I mean, it's like you get one shot at this, right? Like the way I look at it is when I was a kid, I remember always having tons and uh, tons of energy and always like literally running around. And I I was running until my mom opened the door and yelled my name and had me come inside the house. Like that was, that was my life growing up. And we, you know, we grew up in a very, you know, humble setting. and, And my mom was a single parent working, you know, two jobs to make ends meet and to, put food on the plate and to you know shelter us but the reality is we never ever knew that we didn't have something because it just wasn't um a we didn't see anything different right so what we saw in our environment was pretty much what we had um but b, I I think that at a very early age i i knew that i had like this really strong sense of self like i knew I loved life. I knew that I was eternally curious. I was fascinated by anything and everything. Like I wanted to know how a windshield wiper works and I wanted to know what was inside the television and I wanted to know why people acted the way that they acted. And I could just sit there and just, you know, people watch or stare at someone for an hour Mm -hmm. and just look at people's reactions and how they moved around. And that, I think that innate curiosity um, eventually developed who I would become uh, and allowed me to get to where I am today and to do what I do the way that I do it because it was that 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 little bug in my head that's always been there that's like just curious. Of, well, Why is it that people wait to get sick? And then they're like, oh, I'll do whatever it takes. Give me the magic pill or give me the, you know, why is it that people go and they prefer to have surgery? They prefer, you know, to them it's like, oh, I'm just going to go in really quick and I'm going to get, you know, bariatric surgery. I'm not knocking it, but like, why is it that someone's willing to go in and have themselves put under And go through a procedure that's completely unnecessary if they actually can do it without it. Like, to me, it's just like, why? So it it has always been a process of understanding why it is that people do the things that they do. And how can I help them make decisions that will allow them to live healthier, more fulfilling lives? Because a lot of times what you find is that people come to you, I'm sure, right, when they're already sort of in a little bit of trouble or in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, help me. Like if we can get to them beforehand, and kind of show them, hey, you're headed in this direction, but let me show you this GPS that shows you that if you keep going in this direction up ahead, you're going to have a little bit of a detour, and you're if you if you you know take this left now, or if you take this right now, you're going to find a much you know better path to where it is you eventually want to go. You're going to enjoy the journey a lot more, and you're going to obviously you know uh, um, bypass all of that trouble ahead. And I think that. Um, it's up to us, right? Like we're in a position where we, we're we have been given this amazing opportunity and the, this really incredible tool set, which is, you know, a plant based diet and the lifestyle that we live to be able to help people move in the direction of better health. We already know what it does, so it's not like, well, you know, we kind of don't really know, but we, we know there's without a shadow of a doubt a plant based diet is the absolute healthiest thing you can do for yourself. People that you love around you. So, how do we get more people to adopt the lifestyle? And how do we make it easy for them to bring this into their lives and for it to be sustainable, right? Because you and I both know that if it's not sustainable, it's just not going to happen. So, how do we make it easy? How do we make it fun? How do we make it entertaining? I think a lot of times in the past, what this lifestyle was lacking was that it needed a little bit of that sizzle, right? Mm -hmm. It needed some of that fun. It needed some of that. It felt very restrictive. It felt like you couldn't do all the things that you wanted to do. It felt like you couldn't live the life that you want to live or that you had to be uh, of a certain type or living in a certain state or of a certain economic status. And now we know that that is that's just it's not true. Right. Uh, it, I don't think it ever was true, but definitely not true now. Um, so you could be someone living in Brooklyn. You could be a Cuban kid living in Miami. Um, you could be just about anyone and, and enjoy all the benefits of a plant-based diet um, and, and all the beauty, you know, that surrounds it. Um, so,
0: Absolutely. That's, that is a fabulous answer. But I wanted to go back a little bit into that and tell me, so you were always like, you're wondering why, because I think that is, That is the key that actually propels people into success because they are constantly asking the next question. So what have you found is the answer? Have you found any reason why certain people want to just wait till the very, you know, you know, death knocking on their door. You know, I've had people who literally were scheduled to have a, you know, a bypass surgery and I tell them about this and they, and they still refuse. I mean, it. it, it I, I don't understand. I, I can't register it in my mind. What have you found? Is there any answers or suggestions? Because I think if we can figure out their why, then we can help them see a different light, change their paradigm. But what have you discovered?
1: Yeah. And, and sh- so human beings are complicated, right? We're, we're, com- very, we're very complicated. <laughs> yeah. We're very complicated beings. And, and we, we, we complicate lives, right? We, we complicate our own lives and sometimes the lives of people around us. So we are the ones that make it complicated. Life is not complicated. We make it complicated, right? So I think it's important to understand who it is that you're speaking to and what drives them or what compels them to to act the way that they act. Given the fact that I've been doing this for over you know, 25 years now, I've, I've met a lot of different types of people. And a lot of really amazing people along the way. And every single person that I met just added another tool to my like, you know, to my like little toolkit. And I understood like, Oh, that person was sort of driven by this and they did that. So if they did that and they were, cause it's always something that motivates someone, right? Sometimes it's look, it's going to be really easy. And it's like, boom. And it's like the little thing. Oh, it's easy. Or, Hey, you're going to lose a lot of weight. And they're like oh, weight loss. Or it's like, look, um, you're just gonna sleep better you're not you know it, it you have to figure out what it is um about them that will compel action right so at the end of the day, you want to compel action uh, and and not just compel action but action that's sustainable. so what I have found really um, successful in my practice is that I from a very early point decided that I wanted to uh, bring, because I, I knew that we had to, in order for there to be optimum health, there had to be behavior modification. Mm-hmm. But there is no behavior modification without habit formation. There is none, right? Because you, what happens is people will go on a diet, right? And then they, they wind up getting off the diet and they go back to living their self, like their, their normal lives. But what happens when they go back to that normal life is that the habits come right back into place. So they might have done that Fast of the week, or the fast of the month, or the celebrity diet of the year, and in no time they're back to what they were doing beforehand. And because there was no behavior modification along the way, there really was no sustainable solution. By the way, why you know open heart surgery doesn't work? Why 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 you know uh, anything from bi- you know gastric bypass doesn't work? Why quick fix diets? Because you're not treating the cause of the illness. You're not treating the root cause. You're treating a symptom. You're not treating the root cause. And until we don't learn how to treat root causes, we will not eradicate these these diseases that are quite honestly man-made. So for me, it was really, um, I remember sitting in one of my gyms, the first gym I ever opened. I had the first spinning gym in Florida uh, in 1995, 96. Um, And I remember that um, I I opened the gym and I basically had, I, I put, all of my resources, like every dollar I made, like I worked overtime for months to really just try to open this place because I knew that it was going to be magical. And the day that I opened the doors, I was like, yes, I made it. And I checked my bank account. I had zero dollars in the bank, like literally I think I was like overdrawn the day that I opened the doors. And I was like, okay. I wasn't nervous. I knew that I had something really special. I knew I was going to do something. Don't ask me why. I've just never been wired with, you know, like uh, – the ability to get nervous under pressure. I just, I just perform. I do what I do. Um, and, and at that point in time, I remember thinking to myself, "This is going to be amazing. This is a closed chain exercise." And I was just thinking about the exercise itself. Right. So I was thinking, it's bicycling, it's co- closed chain, it's non-impact, it's you know not weight bearing. People are going to love it, and everyone's going to be able to come. People that can't run are going to be able to do it. You know, it's Miami. Riding bike is my, and Miami is really dangerous, but people love riding bike. We're going to bring it indoors, and I'm thinking about all the reasons why it's going to work. And It works. I teach a class at 6 in the morning. I teach another class at 7. I teach a class at 8. I teach a class at 9. I teach a class at 10. Then I teach another class at 4. Then I teach another class at 6. And I teach another one at 7. So I can't tell you. It was like a matter of a couple of weeks. And people were like, oh, my God, there's this crazy guy. He gets on a bicycle and he does this workout you've never seen in your life. It's absolutely bananas. Then he gets off the bike and he does it again. And then he does it again. And then he does it again. So very, very quickly, word got around. And the gym got very, very busy, knock on wood very, very fast. We had like waiting lists. It was, it was, it was amazing. But what I realized, I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be great. We had a lot of people that were coming all the time. Like we had a certain group of ladies that were coming every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday to my 9-15. And then they would come Tuesday, Thursday to my 1015 class. It was like always there. And I was like, oh, this is great. There were all probably, you know, they weren't super, you know, overweight, but they were probably like 20 five to 35 40 pounds like they were right there like they were close enough where they can make a difference really really quickly or slip away and they started coming on a regular basis and they came to me like look we really love your gym we want to come to as many classes as possible let us buy unlimited memberships and we could just come to all the classes and I'm like okay whatever you want i i'm re- i really love what i do so let's go whatever works works um, and then they started coming like all the time, but not not just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to classes. They would come Monday in the morning and then in the afternoon. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. These women are going to look like the best versions of themselves in no time. And the word's going to get around and we're going to be able to help more people and more people are going to show up. It's, it's going to be amazing. Well, what do you think happens a month in? Nothing. They look exactly the same. No. A month and a half in, two months in nothing happens. I'm like, okay, this is not working. And by the way, I am the kind of person that I cannot in good faith, take someone's money. I, I, I just can't, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I can't take someone's money knowing that they're not deriving out of it. What I know they can Right? Like if you're not seeing the success that I want you to see, I'm just like, okay, this isn't working. I, I can't do this. So I'm like, Hey, so let's, let's do something. So I'm noticing that you're probably not achieving the goals that you had set out to achieve. So let's try to rework this. I'm going to credit you for the month that you've been here. Let's try to figure something out. And then I just sat back and again, being the person that loves to observe, I was just like, what is, what is it? What, what is not working? Why are they doing this? And then I realized very quickly, these women have developed a habit around exercise that involves socialization. So they're coming to exercise. They're not coming to exercise. They're coming to exercise, but in reality, what they're doing is they're coming to socialize with one another. So it's a group of girlfriends, they're catching up, they're mingling, they're talking in the parking lot, they're walking in, they're chit-chatting by the bikes, they're setting up their bikes, they're getting on, they're having fun, they're dancing some music, they're getting off, and then they're going home, and guess what's happening? They're going back to the same routine they've always had. They're eating alone, they're eating standing up, they're eating out of their car, they're in the carpool lane, they're having the leftovers the kids left. They're not really thinking about themselves the way they should. So nothing's going to happen because there is no behavior modification. So I'm like, how do I help them? So I went back and it's no, it's no, uh, it, it's definitely not the easiest thing in the world to approach a group of women and say, I want to help you lose weight. Cause it's almost like, what? It's like, you know, it's like seeing someone you haven't seen in a long time and saying, congratulations. And they're like, congratulations for when you're like, Oh no. Um, uh, you're one of those. Right. So okay. I was like, okay. Okay, so I've got to be very delicate about this because I I was very obviously very well-intentioned and I wanted to help them and I, it was coming from a place of love and they knew it. So when I approached them, I was like, look, the truth is that I have noticed that I know that you mentioned that you want to lose some weight and you probably haven't seen a lot of the weight loss that you're looking for, but I think I know why. Mm-hmm. And the minute I hit them with, look, let's try something different. I, I think that if we try to modify your diet and, and we do so in a way that will allow you to create healthier habits... Um, you'll learn to do something that you're not doing today. And in learning to do something you're not doing today, you're going to create a new habit. And that's where the whole idea of the habit formation started coming into play very early on. And then eventually, it, it became a lot more as I kept, I kept like, you know, honing in on what the idea or what the focus of the whole strategy was. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, if it give or take, right, if it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. If it takes you a certain amount of time to create that like synaptic pathway to, to develop a habit in your brain, how how quickly can we A, break a habit and build a new habit? And then instead of thinking forever, right? Like when you talk to people and you're like, okay, I just need you to be plant-based forever. They're like, oh my God, I, I, I just can't, I'm sorry, right? So you don't even think about that. You're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna arm you with the tools you need over the course of, 21 days. On the 22nd day, you've got it. Like you've built a new tool, you've built a new habit to live a healthier life because you're already going to know what you should be doing. How does that happen? Well, we encourage people to eat completely plant-based over the course of 21 days, so that on the 22nd day, it's almost automatic to them, right? Because they're like, okay, if if you're going to eat 20, if you're going to eat plant-based for, let's say, breakfast only for 21 days. You're already knowing that, okay, I'm going to create overnight oats for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Then on Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to go to that cute little coffee shop down the street, and I'm going to grab, I noticed that they have, you know, a vegan avocado toast. And then I'm going to go to, and you start to already put it into your schedule. So you're navigating around how you bring this into your life. And it's not just like, okay, I'm going to start for a week, and I'm going to have water with, you know, lemon and, and some cayenne pepper. And then you go back to like, okay, what was I eating before? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have waffles for breakfast. You don't do that. Like you're thinking about creating something that is, is going to allow you to succeed in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And in that, I think, lies the magic and helping people achieve what it is that they're trying to achieve, but in a way that they're not seeing it. Because what my, my job is to see what you don't see. My job is to see what triggers you and what motivates you to want to Create this behavior modification and what habits might be holding you back so that we can rewire those habits and empower you with tools to develop a healthier habit to live the life that you truly want to live, not just the one that you're living.
0: Right. I mean, that says it in a nutshell. Because it, have you read The Habit Loop by Charles Duhigg?
1: I- Absolutely. Absolutely. I,
0: I am such a fan. I like emailed him a few times. Um, and he, he emails me back. God bless him. I, he's like this raving doctor. <laughs> it's, like, it's incredible. And I've actually used it, um, well, at the the health oasis, unfortunately, which has closed uh, recently, but um, we did that. We did this. We drew the loop, and I explained to them: you know, you have your cue, your routine, you have your reward, and there's this craving, and so we have to change that routine so you still get that reward. And so it made sense to them, and then that was really cool. And then how to change a bad habit? You're absolutely right, but doctors don't know how to do this, and I think that's where we can really make a difference. So. You know, it's beyond the fact, of course, bringing the diet, that's fundamental, but how do I implement it? And I think that's kind of where I was successful in Colorado, even in, you know, the middle of, it might've been Texas. I mean, there's just, it's meat and ranches, and <laughs> but it's the habit and finding their motivation. I think you're absolutely right on. You would have been an awesome doctor. Just so oh, Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you, mean, thank you. Thank it's you. Just incredible. And, and, and-
1: and truth be told, you know, a lot of times I'll get into conversations with people, and they'll be like, "Yeah, you're right." And then you kind of like trigger something in their brain. And they're like, "Yeah, doctors don't know any of this stuff." And I'm like, "No, wait. So hold up, one second. So it's that's a broad stroke to say that they don't know anything. The the truth of the matter is that we've conditioned them to having to treat so many people in such a short amount of time because of what it, it, it's almost like you know." Um, you're, you're, you know, there's, there's a lot more water coming into the boat than you can actually, you know, take out with one bucket, right? It's it, it just, it's impossible, right? So when we are in a system where, where we know, like, you know, seven out of 10 Americans are on prescription drugs, right? We consume 80% of the world's painkillers, except we make up five percentage of the world population, Like when you look at the fact that one third of the world is obese or overweight, it's impossible. It is impossible for doctors to be able to spend the, even if they had the right skill set, some of them might, most of them probably don't, but even if they had the right skill set to help you rewire your being, it is impossible for them to spend the time that they have to spend with you and see everyone that they have to see throughout a day In order to help you live a healthier life the truth is we've got to stop delegating this to others it's not doctors it's not this is not a doctor problem this is a me problem this is a i've got to be responsible i've got to hold myself accountable for my own actions and i've got to wake up in the morning i've got to jump out of bed and i've got to decide that i want to live not that i'm waiting to die that i want to live i got to decide that i want to live and i have to take every single action possible humanly possible to try to do that to accomplish that with a healthy breakfast by moving by getting enough sleep by drinking enough water by managing stress the right way by having love and intimacy in in your life but there's so many things that you could do that i know that people are not doing today that's where we come in you and i can come in and say hey did you know that by just you know five minutes of meditating a day oh i don't have time for five minutes oh okay well if you don't have time for five minutes maybe you should meditate for 30 minutes then i mean it's it's that simple it's like you know I can't exercise. Okay, well, if you can't find time to stay healthy, you're going to have to find the time to get healthier because you're going to get sick. It's just going to happen eventually. So it's really a matter of taking the message and, and sharing it with as many people as, uh, as possible because what happens is really beautiful, right? What happens, and I've seen it firsthand from what we do, is that you touch one person, and then that one person comes into contact with someone they love or, or you know, in their life, and then that person sort of sparks, and then that person comes into contact with one other person and that spins off, and then that person comes into contact with someone else, and it just starts to grow exponentially and you 've seen it like the pendulum has a really, really far way to go, but it 's swinging and it 's swinging fast and it 's picking up a lot of momentum so again it 's a really exciting time to be alive and to be a part of this movement because more and more people are are, are opening their eyes to this to this beautiful life that we live and you ask, why do people do the things they do? Quite honestly, I think a lot of people walk around with their eyes closed. Not literally, but figuratively, they walk around with their eyes closed and they just go through the motions and they get to the point where, again, it's part of the habits that they form. You know, they get into a job, they don't really love it, they're not happy, but it's kind of like, well, I got to make ends meet, and they're going nine to five, and then the light slowly starts to dim, and before you know it, they're just, they're reacting to everything that happens to them. You know, the bills, the, you know, life government, and, and everything is just, life is happening to them. They're not happening upon life, right? And I think that we have to live way more proactively. You know, Paris Agreement. Who needs a Paris Agreement? Who needs to live, live a plant-based diet. You'll have a way, more, way bigger impact, a way more direct impact on the world if you ate a plant-based diet. Like, you really want, like, you really think a signature on the Paris Agreement is going to get us there? Let's all as a nation decide that we want to adopt a plant-based diet and that we ourselves are going to reduce our carbon footprint, we're going to conserve water, we're going to clean up. I mean, like, we could do this like this in a second. We walk around every single day voting hundreds of times a day with our pocket, with our actions. So, like, why not take those actions and and create the life that we truly want to live around us? And we can. That's why I am excited and I jump out of bed every day because every time I get to talk to one person and that person can talk to someone else, it just sparks such beauty and such life and just to be able to see what happens firsthand and to see where we're going with this. Ah, ah, ah! You can't even
0: contain it! <laughs> I love it! Oh my goodness! You know, it's, I think it's really true. But what you talk, you talk about is they're walking around with their eyes closed, and I can almost visualize it because I'm very visual. Is bringing when p- patients would come in, and they literally, obviously figuratively, when they when they walk in, and you talk to them, and you just have to find that spark of hope. What you were saying was, what is their why or their motivation? I always found. Trying to share stories, like sharing why I changed my diet, and like, right. well, what would you do if you had no obstacles in your path? If you weren't a diabetic and you weren't tied, you know, to a blood pressure cuff because you're, you know, you get chest pain if you have your blood pressure is too high or whatever. In that in that moment, they're like, I have the right, I have that capability of dreaming about a life that's better than I'm having now. I'm like, well, sure you do.
1: Um,
0: I mean, I came from home with nothing and worked my way through college and made it happen. And, you know, you know, I was told I couldn't be a doctor with three kids in medical school. Well, I did, you know, so those are the things that (laughs) I I know, but it just, you just got to take that motivation. Like I had one lady I worked on for, I tell you a whole year, diabetic. And I finally said one thing that got her. And then within six months, she had completely reversed all of her medical diabetes, her hypertension, high cholesterol, but it's just a matter of finding that one one thing, you're that spark, you're so right. We, uh, You know, but the one thing I am curious, you, you, you must attract a lot of younger people because of your energy, what you do. How have you found to help those kids in that circumstance? Because I've got 18, 21, and 23. They're all eating this way now, but it took me, the 23-year-old, uh, quite some time. What have you found to be their motivation? Because right then, they may not be dealing with, you know chronic illness, they already believe they're immortal, but how do you maybe help them find this is really the best way to continue eating and have longevity and, and better health long-term? Have you come across that?
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, by the way, we, our, our, range is a bit broader. Um, yes, we do attract a lot of young, a lot of millennials, a lot of young people, but the tr- truth is, is that we're on the other end of the spectrum as well. Um, okay. And there's a lot of people that, you know, may see what I do and say, well, wait, I heard you have kids. Yes, I have four. And they're plant-based, all four of them, How, how long since they were born. And then they, they start to get like, well, wait, maybe I should be doing this. Maybe my kids should be doing this. So, And then I have friends that have tried the program uh, that I've helped, that I've coached over the years, um, that have found a lot of success, and they've sold their friends. And, you know, we have, we've got people. I mean, literally, uh, I think it was um, last year we had someone email us um, and it was a young lady who wanted to to speak to us. And we finally got on the phone with her. Um, she says, I, I'm not calling for anything other than I want to thank you because you have changed my father's life. My father was on um, dialysis and my father was basically next in line for replacement and, um, you know, heard somewhere through his friend's. Um, At some barbershop or something that he should try a plant-based diet and he went home and doesn't know anything about the internet and said to me find me the best plant-based meal delivery in the country and we did some research and we found like four or five and then we just kept looking and reading and we found something about yours just really resonated with us and we ordered a week's worth of food for my dad. And it's been now, I think it was like six months. And she's like, my dad is no longer on dialysis. My dad has his health back. My dad feels like, you know, he's a kid again. This man's like 77 years old. I mean, like this, it's 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 mind blowing. There is no limit to what you can do, and there is no age that it stops, right? Like you can improve at 80 just as you can improve at 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there's a lot of beauty in it, right? Because there's something for everyone. But when when kids are younger, yes, there is this sense of like, immortality, right? Like where they think like, well, I, I eat, you know, Twinkies for breakfast and, you know, uh, lunch on hot dogs and snack on pizza. And I, I've got a six pack. So why should I do that? But every person is different, right? So there is no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. It's about really understanding who they are, because if you try the one size fits all, you're going to fly over a lot of people. You're going to fly under a lot of people and you may hit some here or there, but the reality is you have to make it personal. It has to be about that person. Some people, you know, I, I spoke with uh, someone yesterday, and for her it was, you know, she found herself um, going to college and not not feeling like her best self. And she thought, well, if I'm, you know, at supposedly my best age ever, why shouldn't I feel my best self? Mm-hmm. So she got curious about a plant-based diet and sort of leaned. And in the lean, she found like this is really her passion. Um, and and weight might have been like the first trigger, um, but. You know, you'll find some people that move into it because of, you know, animal cruelty, some others that so it really depends on who that individual is. And if I was talking to a wide group of people, if I was I was, you know, I don't know, speaking to a hundred kids, then I would range it from one end to the other and talk about all the benefits and everything in between. Um, but it really has to be a little bit more personalized for you to really hit home, like, very quickly so that you can connect with them on a level where they get it and they understand, okay, this is something that I should do not only for me but for those around me as well, for the environment. For And there's a lot of, you and I both know, right, There's we can go rattle off a dozen reasons right now without, you know, slowing down about why people should move towards a plant-based diet. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it starts with health because health is happiness. Um, And I truly believe that you can't be your happiest self unless you have your health. Um, And and health is like, you know, reign supreme. And with your health, you have you waking up and smiling and feeling great and walking out the door and sharing a smile with someone else. And that someone else might have really needed that smile. And that changes their day. And that just touches someone else. And it's really if your happiness is really paying it forward, right? Like you pay it forward when you wake up as the best version of you when you walk out the door, that is truly you paying the gift that is life forward to someone else because you just can't help it. You know, when you feel great, you have one of those days where you wake up and you're like, oh, my skin looks great. My hair looks great. I feel awesome. I'm going to go out. And then you're smiling and you you just feel fantastic, right? And people feel that. That energy is we're, we're beings of energy. We're, it's, it's it's very, you know, transferable. And, and when you don't feel like your best self. And when you try to avoid people, that's also something that, that rubs off. So I, you know, it's, there's no one size uh, fits all approach. So it's really about understanding the individual and his or her likes, dislikes. Um, and then you could really hone in on um, what might work best to help them and guide them in the direction of, of best health.
0: I really like that because I've, I've talked to other people who've You know, they've transformed their diet and they feel better. But what we've noticed is a community of people who eat like this, they are the most loving, accepting, like, it's like something I've never, ever experienced. It's like, you know, you might join the Girl Scouts and you might, you know, there's one thing there. Or you might join your gym or something. But it's not this... this, Pervasive this love. I mean, that's what I guess you have to call it. It really is like a love. It's like, but it is that energy, that feeling, that positivity, that drawing you in. They want what's best for you. It's really, it's, that's really very, very true. It's, it's different. It's your, you're different from the inside out and it just, it radiates. And I love the ripple effect. Well, besides the story you just shared, do you have a favorite transformation story or someone that you've actually helped? I mean, it's just, there was ones like when you might have a day where you maybe, you know, only jump an inch out of the bed instead of a foot that you're like, you know, you think about that one and go, that's why I do this. And so. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, there's, there are many, but there's one that really was closest um, to home because I have this really good friend of mine, um, Raymond, who, who happened to be um, the publisher of my books. So all, he's published all three of my books and Raymond and I were, were really good friends and, have always been I mean like we've we we realized when we met that we were brothers in another life right like we're we're really really close um and um through the years of of us you know knowing each other and working together and being you know really really close friends we published the first book and i just always was like on him i'm like you have such a beautiful life you're so gifted you're you 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 know you have so much to be thankful for you've got a beautiful profession he's like the brightest publisher in the space, the youngest guy in the space, just crushing it across the board, beautiful wife, beautiful kids, just absolutely charmed life, except his health wasn't all there because he was overweight. So it's constantly just, by the way, overweight is not like you and I both know, right? Being overweight is like the first symptom that manifests itself outside the body. So while some people are like, Oh, overweight is not a big, yes, it is a big deal. I think we've gotten as a society, so afraid, because of like the whole body shaming and like this whole movement that we're afraid to have conversations about weights because everyone's like, Ooh, don't talk about weight. Cause it's, you know, it's going to upset people. But the reality is it's the first sign that you see outside the body. Like you don't see plaque forming in the arteries. You don't see, you know, a compromised immune system. You don't see an enlarged heart. You don't see, you know, inflammation. You don't see, you know, high, like you don't see resting insulin levels what you can see every single day when you wake up is this excess body fat, this visceral fat that we all know is dangerous, right? So when you have this, you have to do something for it. And yet it could be vanity if, it, if that's what drives it, fantastic. But more importantly than that, we know that if, if this continues over time, it could be very dangerous. And, it, and it's like, you know, the first sign of, you know— uh, um, uh, increased risk of diabetes, uh, first sign of increased risk of, of early signs of heart disease. I mean, we, we know like all of the different symptoms, right? So I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm saying, look, you really have to take your, care of your health. You really have to be more proactive about the way you're living. Don't just continue to walk through the motions. And he was a guy that, as, as it relates to his health, was one of those guys that was walking with his eyes closed. Um, but I'm not the kind of person that I don't believe in beating people up. I don't believe in making people feel bad. I don't believe in, you know, giving people like that ultimatum, like, you know, it's either this or don't talk to me or, you know, that that boot camp type. I, I'm not that guy. I, I want to give people love. Every single day, I want to make people feel good It's just just who I am, right? So it was always in a very loving and very thoughtful way, you know, being sympathetic to what, you know, what he would eventually have to go through um, because I knew that, it wouldn't be an easy journey for him because he was so far away from where he had where he wanted to be. Right. Um, and it was just a conversation over time, over time. At one point, he started having um, irregular heartbeats. He felt like, you know, he was having like his heart was going to jump out of his chest when he went to sleep at night and he just couldn't sleep. And he just started bouncing out of bed at night and would sit up. And that happened for like two weeks. And one night he just w- woke up drenched in sweat and just felt terrible and was like, oh, my God, I, I'm having a heart attack. Something's happening to me. And he was like, I'm, I'm doing this to myself. This guy who's in his 30s, so it's not like a 60-year-old guy, right? He's in his 30s and he wakes up and he's sitting at the computer and he's just like, oh, my God. Like, let me look this up and, you know, Googles, you know, um, chest pain sweating and he, everything you know googling is like the death of it like, he's like oh my god i've got that oh i've got all of that i've got heart disease i've got he's reading all this stuff and he's panicked and he's just sitting there like how did i let my life get so out of control my dad died at an early age i can't believe i'm doing this to myself and then all of a sudden his computer screen goes dark all right because he hadn't hit a key in a few minutes or what have you and he's just sitting there with his hand on his face and his son walks in the room it's like three o'clock in the morning and he's and he goes poppy are you okay And he turns around and he looks at his son and he says, yes, yes, I I am okay, buddy. Why are you up? Go to bed. And he basically brings his kid back to bed and he puts him to sleep. But he realized at that moment that he wasn't okay, that he lied to his son. He lied to his son for the first time ever and he realized that he was not okay because he knew he was not okay. So right then and there, he knew he had to do something about it. The next day, he calls his mom. Long story short, the mom had a friend who was a cardiologist, was a Columbia professor of medicine, and decided that she'd get him an appointment to see him immediately. So he goes to see the doctor. He's like, well, you have hypertension too. There is no hypertension. three. If you have a heart attack, you're going to die. So here's prescription for that. Um, you have really high um, uh, insulin levels, and you have super high cholesterol. Boom, boom. So basically, no conversation about, you know, You need to manage stress. You need to get some weight off. You need to exercise. How are you eating? What does your diet look? None of that. None of that. Here's three prescriptions. You'll take them indefinitely, i.e. forever. And good luck. That was a friend, like a doctor that was seeing him as a friend, right? Cardiologist, professor of cardiology, right? So he goes home and he calls me and he goes, man, like I," I said, this is a guy that's like me he jumps out of bed in the morning is like super happy with life. Just as thrilled. He's just a really happy, awesome guy, like really amazing. And he's like, do you, and before he could say, do you have a minute? I was like, are you okay? He goes, yeah. Do you have a minute? I said, absolutely. What's up? And he goes, man, I need help. And I said, what's going on? He says, I just, can't, and he tells me the story and I was like, okay, let's, let's go. We got this. Let's go. We got this. And he's like, what do you mean we got this? And I says, take those three prescriptions, put them in your nightstand, and let's go plant-based. Now, let's sit. Let's not think about it anymore. I said, Raymond, all you have to do is try it for 22 days. And I said a lot of things over the years, but I had never said, according to him, all you have to do is try it for 22 days. And something clicked. And he was like, you know what? That's three weeks in a day. Absolutely, I will try it for three weeks in a day. If I can save my life, if I can live another couple of years, in in his mind, he's thinking he's going to die. He's like, are you sure? I mean, like, I'm, I'm like, what do you have to lose? You just got three prescriptions you're supposed to be taking for the rest of your life. I'm like, you had no conversation about diet. And I drilled him. Did he t- ask you about this? Did he ask you about your lifestyle? Did he, nothing. No, I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I don't need you to go crazy. I don't need you to go bananas. I need you to go plant-based tomorrow. And then you're going to start walking. That's all I want you to do. Just walk 45 minutes. Commit to walking 30, 45 minutes every single day. If you want to go to the gym, go to the gym. If you want to do nothing else, just walk 30, 45 minutes. It literally, walked 30 or 45 minutes, three to four times a week, not even every day, for 22 days. Went on to lose 22 pounds in 22 days, and was like, "I'm not turning back." Stayed on for almost four months, lost 77 pounds in four wow. months. Went back for the follow-up to see the cardiologist, and the cardiologist looked at him and was like, "I have never seen this work this way. And he's like, "Seen what?" He's like, "I've never seen these. I, I've, I've just never seen this protocol. Gets to give him like you know a combination of drugs." And he's like, I've never seen it work this way. Well. He's like, well, I never really took the first pill. He's like, what do you mean? You no longer have hypertension. You no longer have high blood pressure. You no longer have high insulin levels. You no longer have uh, inflammation. You no longer have cholesterol. Like, what did you do? And he's like, well, I, I went fully vegan. I'm 100% plant-based. Vegan. Isn't that a bit like radical? radical it's not radical to take pills for the rest of your life it's not radical you know it's not people when you ask people to go plant-based like oh i can never do that they're willing to go in and cut themselves from here to here and saw their chest in half open it up take veins from their leg you know put it into their heart close it back up again sew this up that's that's normal that's like norm that's commonplace right but it's but it's radical to eat plants from the earth i just so obviously he Because it was so close to home was one of the stories that has meant the most to me because, A, he took control of his health. But even more beautiful than that, he allowed his friends, his family, people he knows to take control of their health because of him. Because when they saw the transformation that he went through, I'm not even kidding, like probably hundreds of people have gone plant-based, if not thousands, because of him because he touched a friend that was like, oh, I'm doing this tomorrow. And the friend started, lost 20 some odd pounds. Another friend started that I know that we're friends. And then like, I didn't know you were doing. And it, it literally just kept touching and touching and touching. And, and, and the way that I see that is like, the more people we come into contact with, the more exponentially this grows. And that to me is the beauty of what we do, because the proof is in what we do. Like you can try it and you're going to see for yourself, like, Once you give it, all you have to do is give it a try. The minute you give it a try, the magic happens because you realize you're sold. There's no way that you turn. There's no way you turn back. Okay. So maybe you're not hundred percent plant-based forever, but you're definitely leaning more towards plants that you ever have before. And that is the magic. That is the key to sustainability.
0: That is excellent. (laughs) This is Thank the best you. one of the best Thank conversations you. I've had. I love Thank it so much. Thank you. Thank wow, you. so much I could go from there. I mean, I I agree. It's we have a unique opportunity, especially with today's technology, to reach so many millions of people and literally change the life and turn the course of our our nation's health. And That's right. I, you know, so I'm working with um, a sweetheart. Her name's Katie Ryan. She's a plant-based registered dietitian. So we've formed. A group, the two of us, we're actually, it's called now, that's why we changed the name of the podcast to How to Health, to teach people how to do this. Thank you. I'm very excited. And um, what we want to do is do that. We want to have a platform, especially now that we're both unemployed at the moment. (laughs) we're We're trying to reach as many people as we can in that space so you know she's younger she's energetic and i'm you know i am energetic but i'm not you know i tracked a certain crowd she, she's younger she's like, like
1: what she's 10
0: she's like 23 that's like my <laughs> my child is 23 <laughs> but yeah no way yeah, no way Lori. my daughter starts medical school this fall oh
1: no way oh, yes oh Shall my we? goodness oh my well ge- i didn't know that we have to offline that i i <laughs> No, I, would have I don't sworn mind. Sworn that you were still in your honestly, I would have sworn that you were still like in your late twenties or early thirties. You
0: are a blessing. No, no, John. No, like, no. My other boys are 18, 20 twenty. They're great. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. We have to take our opportunities and use that because I think you know everything happens in life for a reason. Like you said, it's like every day is a gift, and I feel God's in charge of that. So He laid this at my feet to meet people like you and and share this message and the podcast. And I just like okay, I'm going with it. So here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at it. the point, I'm just going to go, my husband's full on board. You know, for me, my personal um, special story is my husband because he lost 65 pounds doing this. And um,
1: Amazing. Well, Congratulations. Been,
0: I know, right? But when you start, when you're like 19, he was my first boyfriend and we get married, he was like trim and, thin. and then over the next 20 years, like what happened in that 20 years? Where'd go? <laughs> and, uh, and within months, he was he, luckily, he never had any um, issues, but I'm sure he was working on it. But it was just, it was incredible. He's a completely different person. So um, energy and sleep. And then you—then that's exactly right. You see the person that's underneath the fatigue, the the frustration. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. We used to like to go biking. Oh, yeah, we used to go hiking. The kids and, you know, that's, it's, it's so powerful, the stories and the, the changes. Man, that's incredible.
1: Well, and what also happens is sometimes we overlook the fact that Right, So you just hit on something really, really important that is super, super needed now, Right, which is you don't feel like biking anymore and you just want to stay home. And then you wake up the next day and you, eh, you're you just dragging ass and you don't feel great. And you walk out and you're probably not the nicest person to someone else. And then that person was close to the edge already because they had a bad day at work or they were just laid off. And then one other person treated them bad. And you see how this is a, it's a vicious cycle. One action perpetuates another action, right? And if it's a good action, it creates more goodness in the world. And if it's a negative action, it creates more negativity in the world. And if there's anything we need now in the world, is more love, more positivity, more empowerment, more, more you know, kindness, more affection, a hug, a kiss, whatever. I mean, it's like you are not your best self. You cannot give the best of yourself. You, you just can't. It's impossible. So it starts off with something as, call it um, selfish, as being kind to yourself, which I don't think is selfish, by the way. But some people may think, oh, well, if I have to carve out an hour for myself, that's kind of being selfish because I need to take care of X, Y, and Z. The reality is if you can't be selfish for yourself, you can't give the best of yourself to others. And that, I think, is the key to, and, and I truly mean it when I say health is happiness, that is the key to love, to peace, to fewer wars, to fewer shootings, to fewer... You know, prescription antidepressants. Like we look at it, I mean, it's out of control. The number one class of drugs over the past ten years being prescribed is antidepressants. It is out of control. People don't feel good. Guess why? Because they're putting poison into their bodies. And what blows my mind is that you buy a car, and if it says you know 93 or 92 octane, you open it and you buy you know best gas. You would never buy a Ferrari, drive it down the street, and go to the gas station have a guy be like. You want some water and sugar for 24 cents a gallon? you would be like, oh, that sounds like a deal. Let's go for it. You would never do that. Yet we're driving around with these better than Ferraris because our bodies are way better than Ferraris, right? And we're just putting junk, crap into them on a daily basis, consistently, too much of it and too often. And we're wondering why we're not feeling like the best versions of ourselves. We've got to stop that. We really have to just stop it.
0: You are absolutely right. Can I introduce you real quick? Gabe, come here. He wanted to meet you. This is my, my baby, my 18-year-old. This is Marco. Okay, say hi to Gabe.
1: Okay. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Good. I, I gave nice to meet you. you. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, nice to
0: meet you. I just wanted to say hi. I said, what's
1: up, man? Nice to meet you. Oh, not much. I'm actually about to go to a job interview. so. Uh, awesome. Go knock it out of the park. You got I this. Hope, this I is yours. So. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah, I knew he was about to leave, so I was like, oh, you got to just say hi to Marco. Amazing. That's really cool. I love it. Yeah. So, Handsome kid. Yeah, I think he's pretty darn cute. My husband's yeah. Filipino, so. Oh, nice. I love it. I always like to say my jeans are hiding. Eventually, they'll be expressed in a... Five generations, <laughs> um, but you know, I really wanted to share with you when you were talking about how we're taking the antidepressants, and this really changes not only the person, their own internal health, but the relationships. For example, two cases: one in Colorado, I had a young woman that you know, the coolest thing was when we we did. I started a lifestyle medicine clinic, and I ran thirty people at a time through. I did this after work because I they wouldn't do it at work. So I said, we'll do it after work. And so, um, and what the coolest thing was is that, you know, she's sharing the story of not only did I lose 40 pounds and I can go into a, a store and actually look forward to buying dresses, you know, and not crying at looking at myself in shame, but my husband and cause he started eating this way, they were, she goes, our relationship has just elevated to a level that it never had been before. And she's an incredible person. Um, Every time I go back to Colorado, I try to see her because she's trying to bring this. She's Spanish-speaking, so she can bring this to a whole other population that I didn't have access to. Um, I wish I could have, I should have grown up speaking Spanish, but I wish I would have learned. But that was just so incredible to see that response. And then the other one that I've seen more at the Health Oasis is a, a woman who she's was on antidepressants for almost 30 years, and what was really interesting, she goes, I was so happy to be on the antidepressants because I wasn't sad anymore. And, but you know, I was going through my days just knowing, you know, I wasn't sad. But I didn't realize that I wasn't happy either. And so right. when we started changing her diet and I started talking to her about weaning off of the medication, and um, she was so nervous. She was, but Dr. Marvis, I'm going to trust you because... I had been constipated my entire life, and you said in two days I would be pooping, and I did. So I'm going to trust you. because. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, we'll, just, we'll, we'll do this smart. You have to be careful. And as we weaned down, she started, I don't know how you describe it. It's like this... Like you, you're just beaming and just so excited and joyful. And she goes, you know, I never felt joy like this before. Because, uh, you know, uh, that that was just so incredible. And it just gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. It's just that type of um, reaction, oh, it just makes this, it's so addictive to helping people. And, I, and I, I'm like you, I, like, I get so excited at the potential of what that message could be. Um, there's no
1: greater gift honestly there's just really no greater gift because just to know that you could have such a positive influence on in someone else's life that then touches other people's lives not just your family but their friends their colleagues people that come into contact with and i mean literally it has a ripple effect that that spans miles and miles and miles i mean literally go could go around the world
0: her husband's came off 16 medications in the last five months wow yeah so it started with her and i have to tell you she w- she's, she'll be fine with me telling the story. It was because I have a strong faith. So this was how this happened. We were with Dr. Furman. I was with Dr. Furman. We had sh- shot a commercial, and we were in West Palm Beach at this little cafe that I've never haven't been back to since. And um, you know, just north of us. And the TV uh, manager had brought us, and we had eaten lunch, and they had left, and we were going over some slides because I was teaching in the class and everything. And she was sitting at another table. Um, We had not met before, and she had just told her husband the day before because she tried all sorts of ways to lose weight and get her cholesterol and all this stuff under control. She goes, "I need to do something," and he goes, "Well, you need an inpatient facility. You need somewhere you can go." And she happened to be sitting at this table with a friend. She overheard. She she saw Dr. Furman, and she overheard what we were talking about was food and all that stuff. And she came up and started talking to us. And of course, I whipped out my um, brochure. Yeah. And she was patient number one. She was the first patient to walk through our doors. And oh my
1: God, how cool is that?
0: Yeah, that stuff has been happening to me since I moved here. It's so the cool, I mean, I could tell you stories of meeting someone in the yoga in the park and her husband reversing a diabetes after I started going to church. With, I mean, it's just, it's just an incredible thing. So that is like you, that ripple effect is just really the coolest thing. I mean, just amazing. Well, I, we could talk about that forever. I wanted to talk to you, though, about your 22 Day Revolution cookbook. And how, I want to know, because when I see people put out these cookbooks, because for me, I get in a, like, I'm really happy. Like, I could eat beans and rice for days on end, and I'm just happy to keep going. But these amazing people who come together and make these cookbooks, where do you get inspiration for your recipes? I mean, where, tell me about that. Where does that come from?
1: My, I, I my wife is my greatest source of inspiration she is um we we love to cook i love to cook we all love to cook at home my boys cook well i'll walk into my home many days a week and the boys have cookbooks open and they're making stuff uh it's just it's it's amazing so we have four we have four we have a nine-year-old uh almost eight-year-old a five-year-old and an almost two-year-old or three boys and a daughter marco Matteo, maximo and mila uh, and they all they're all plant-based of course and um They love to cook, so our boys love to cook. Um, Mila just likes to eat. Um, And uh, she'll love to cook eventually, I'm sure. Um, But we're always cooking at home. But my wife just was born with, like, an amazing talent for making – she can make bread taste – I mean, like, anything, just anything. Plain toast could taste like the most decadent – I mean, just the way she makes stuff. it just has a touch. You know, some people just have a gift in the kitchen. So we're always making new recipes, and I'm always trying to figure out ways. Like, I remember – um, while I was working on the first um, revolution, so the 22-day revolution, not the 22-day revolution cookbook, but the revolution, I was working on it. And I was coming up with a bunch of really cool recipes. And I was tweaking one of the recipes that I created years earlier. I created this walnut meat taco, and I wanted just to kind of, like, tweak it out a little bit. And I was creating the the walnut meat. And um, while I was in the kitchen making the walnut meat, she comes to me, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm making this. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, "Oh, I love it! Let me start playing. Can I have some of it?" So I give her some of it, and then we literally start feeding off each other because the creativity is just—you know—it's infectious. So you just like, she does something, I'm like, "Oh, I want to make something better." So we have like these cook-offs. I was like Iron Chef in our home, right? So like, she made something, and I'll try it, and then, and then we're like, "Boys, come here! Which tastes better?" And everybody gets to try. am like, "Yes!" So. It really was sort of like a co- very collaborative effort. And it was an amalgamation of her recipes and my recipes. Although I will be honest, like most of her wet recipes won over mine uh, because she's just that good. She really is super talented. I'm more like functional. I'm thinking about, oh, I want to put, you know, I don't know, milk flaxseed in this because it has a super high omega-3 fatty acid count. And I'll find a way to play with milk flaxseed in a way that hasn't been done before. Or I'll think of, you know, walnuts. Because of the omega-3, 6, 9, like I'll, I'll just think of stuff because I, I think function first. Like I want to, for me, food is functional. I love food. I'm a big foodie. I only like good food. I won't just need to eat. Um, so I really, really love food and I respect food, but, but I also understand that it's fuel for me. So I want to make sure that I'm putting the best possible fuel in my body. Um, so I think first ingredients and I, and I literally, what I call formulate, I formulate for function, right? Like I formulate a recipe for function. And then she is really pure art, like just really an amazing artist. And she'll take that, that function and she'll be like, well, we could do it like this and we could turn it into this format. And I'll be like, oh, that's really cool. And she's like, well, you have this blend. Let me bake it and see if I could turn it into like a savory cookie. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So we're, we're really, really good in the kitchen together. But the truth is... I get my inspiration from her. She's just an amazing, really amazing cook.
0: It's like you're giving her the primary colors of your ingredients, and she's making it actually the beautiful art that's hanging on the wall. It,
1: it, exactly. It really and she's is. like, wait, what are you doing with that sweet potato? And I'm like, oh, I, I've had this idea. I'm going to do this, or I'm going to steam it, and then I'm going to put it in the dehydrator. She's like, well, what if I mash it and I turn it into And I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> so we we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun in the kitchen. <laughs>
0: I would love to be a fly on the wall in your house. You're,
1: you're invited. <laughs> come over whenever you want. Next time you're down in Miami, come oh, visit man, us. Oh, man, that
0: would be awesome. I mean, I remember when I started, because I literally did this overnight. Overnight, came home, threw everything out. My poor family, 13 Fifteen and eighteen at the time, and my poor husband. And I remember getting thumbs up and thumbs down. I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, what have I done? I and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I tell you, it was really interesting because it was a patient that got better. She was a. She had mentioned meat and dairy upset her stomach. I pulled her off the meat and dairy, and she came back in thirty days. But her daughter went on the diet with her, and pulled herself off two attention deficit disorder medications. And when she brought her daughter into my appointment, this is in Rifle, Colorado. It's like a little town in western Colorado.
1: You I know. Rifle. rifle. Yeah, of course. I've flown oh. into a rifle.
0: Oh, wow. OK. And so um, when she said that, she's like, Dr. Marvis, how did this happen? I so I don't know, but that's so cool. <laughs> Let's figure this out. And it just went from there. And um, so I came home and just cleaned everything out. And two days later, I had a quarter of a grass fed beef because, you know, that's the healthy version in my mind. Um, I was like, how am I going to get rid of this carcass? Because I'm not giving it to him because I'm going to kill somebody because I just know now from what I was learning. I was like, I can't, I can't do it in good conscience. The freezer broke, Marco. The freezer broke. We came home to blood and na- the smell in my garage running down the garage. And my husband goes, oh my god. well, if that ain't the hand of God talking to you, I was like, you're kidding.
1: So I was like. You, manif- you manifested I- it. You did <laughs>
0: And I was like, "Well, there it goes, um but yeah, I mean, that was the craziest thing ever. I mean, and my husband he's actually learned and loves to cook and all that stuff, but I'm curious would now when you got married, was your wife already eating this way, or I mean, how did that no. all happen? Oh
1: no, we were very clean eaters when we met, but we've been right. together for many years now we're going this will be our fourteenth year married, oh, and before that we dated for thank you for um i want to say six years before that we dated. So we've been together for a long, long time. Um, But once I went plant-based, immediately she was just like, okay, I'm doing this with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And she did. And then eventually we um, had babies. And we were like, there's only one way to raise them. I mean, we we know enough now. We know better. So we've got to make sure that we we give them, you know, it's our responsibility as parents, right? They didn't ask to be born. We brought them to this earth. So we want to make sure that we... We empower them. Like that's what it's all about. It's about, it's not setting them up for failure. It's setting them up for success. And a lot of times I remember having conversations with people like, well, we just can't do anything about it because my dad's dad, dad died of heart disease and my dad's dad died of heart disease and my dad died of heart disease. So I'm next in line. And the reality is, you know, we never really stopped to think about it, but me being the guy that, you know, just loves to think about why people do the things that they do at a very early age, I realized that I was like, well disease isn't hereditary no bs habits are hereditary like if your dad's eating twinkies in the sofa watching a game you're probably eating twinkies sitting down next to him watching the game so you're both sanitary eating fast food and not a lot of you know motion you think you're going to suffer from something differently than him be surprised if you look any different than him and people are like oh it's just it's our genes no it's not your genes it's learned behavior is what it is that learned behavior transferred over to you because you watched it on a daily basis so from a very early age i decided i knew very very clearly in my head kids and people do not learn from what you tell them they learn from what you show them from what they see when your kids see you eating junk food they're gonna eat junk food like mm-hmm. right? oh how do i get my kids off of you know x whatever right you eat it? yes well stop you're- eating you're
0: so exactly right. And I felt so guilty. Well, I mean, it was out of ignorance. I just didn't know when we transitioned our diet. I was like, I have been feeding my children this stuff, and now I have to convince them at this really tough age to do this. And um, it was, it was, and it was, you know, I, I wish I could share with patient, parents early on. It's like, you know, this is what you're dooming your children to if you don't you know, raise them correctly. I mean, I've had kids come in for a well children visit because in family medicine, then you get the babies all the way up. Um, mm-hmm. Eating Cheetos and drinking soda. I mean, I mean, just, it kills me. Just, and that broke my heart even before. I mean, we ate fairly decent. Um, well, yeah. my husband liked some other fast foods, but I didn't say that. Um, but uh, you know, that it is, that was a really, it's a tough scenario to change that um, that thinking that well, I don't have time. This is all I can do or all I can afford. And when you teach people this, I'm like, when I did this, I was like, my grocery bill dropped $400 a month. That was huge with you got and, you know, kids.
1: And they're addicted to the foods, right? Because right. the foods are formulated in a way that they, they have very, I mean, it's, they're, they're hitting on the same receptors as the opioids, right? So they know what they're doing, right? So these scientists are not just formulating food that you're going to like once or formulating food that you're going to be addicted to. So that's really difficult. I remember when we, um, when we went into the hospital to give birth to our first um, son, we walked in um, and um, they immediately ushered us into like this little, you know, they put you in the little waiting area before they take you to your room. And another woman came in exactly the same time as water had broken, just like Marilyn. We were literally like right one right behind the other. She might've been like three minutes after us. And she comes in, she must've been, 450 pounds, um, and pregnant and had a humongous bag of, um, French fries with a vanilla milkshake from like, you know, one of the fast food restaurants. I forget if it was, you know, McDonald's Birkin, one of the, one of those, I mean, it was like literally like gorging on fries, some vanilla milkshake, and then, you know, went on to eat like two, um, like whatever big sloppy burgers. And I was just like, how are we bringing kids into this earth and showing them this? There has to be a better way. Really, and it just, that, when I see that, it just fuels me. Because the truth is, I, I want to just tap on the shoulder and say, you know, there's a better way. Um, but part of me is like, you know, you can't do that to everyone because people get offended. Um, but you want to help as many people as you can. The bottom line is that I, I want to be able to help people. Because I know that people don't, no one's trying to hurt themselves. No one's waking up and saying, awesome, uh, today I'm going to achieve, you know, ecstasy. No one does that. We all want to wake up and be as healthy as humanly possible. Not everyone wants to lose weight. Not everyone wants to run, you know, a six, you know, 30 mile. Not everyone wants to finish a ultra marathon. But every single person on, planted, on planet Earth wants to be happy mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. They want to be happy now. From the moment they wake up and that want, that want to be happy and to be healthy, to the actions they take throughout the day and where they end up at night, it either takes them a step closer to health or a step away from health. Mm-hmm. And that really is as, as like simple as it gets. What you do on a daily basis and the habits that make up what is your life, because our life is but a grouping of habits, right? Mm-hmm. Just a collection of habits that either drive us towards health or drives us away from health. Mm-hmm. And it's really about looking at it and saying, okay, what can we do to make it easier for people to understand the impact that their actions have on their health?
0: That's beautiful. You're absolutely right. And I think it was really interesting. People don't understand what's actually going on with the big food corporations. And and that's why it has such regard for what you do and your authenticity, authenticity and your, um, just integrity in what you make and your foods and everything that you're doing. Because when I would speak to um, for example at the Oasis when I'd have a group of people and I, I read uh, salt sugar fat by Michael Moss and um, I was astounded that they refer to us as stomach share. Their their market share is the stomach share and you're talking about the bliss point and all these, you know, scientific words they spend millions of dollars to actually get kids and then they talk about, you know, kids getting cooked in loyalty from childhood and to a brand and I just, oh my goodness. It's just, yeah, exactly. Cradle Grave. And I just like, it blows my mind and people are very upset. They don't like the whole manipulation thing. They don't like the deception. And then to see that how sick they are. And, uh, that's incredible. Wow. Um, what, What is your thought? Because I know you said you're talking about ingredients and I'd heard you, you know, when we first met, you had spoken to about the ingredients in your products, which I just found so cool. Can you tell this audience about your products and what you put into them and, and everything that you've done with that? That was just, it's incredible.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. So when I started 22 Days Nutrition, it really was an extension of what I was, the life I was living. But by by accident, really. So what happened was that I I kept finding myself at that, you know, four-foot set at Whole Foods that was, you know, before this movement started that was all vegan products, like vegan snacks or vegan whatever, bars or what have you. And I I travel a lot for work, Um, but I was commuting a lot. I mean, I was spending – the entire year commuting between Miami and New York every single week. So I'd fly up to New York on Sunday night, um, and I'd fly back to Miami Friday afternoon, um, and then I'd do that every single week. I, mean, I did that for years, um, and then when I wasn't doing that, I was overseas touring. Um, so every time my you know uh, my uh, um, projects were overseas. I would go to Whole Foods and I would look for snacks that I could take with me just to make sure that I had the right foods or what have you, staple ingredients, um, wherever I was, wherever my job would take me. And I remember that, you know, one too many trips down the aisle, I was just like, man, this is crazy. Every time I pick something up that says vegan or that says plant-based, it's like, everything is reverse engineered just for label copy. Like people are formulating for label copy. They're like, okay, how can we group together the cheapest, best tasting ingredients so that we can call this vegan? And how do we do so, so that we can call it a 99 cents, you know, energy bar or a protein bar. And at the time I remember sitting in front of the, the the protein bar set. Um, And I was like, why do people formulate for label copy? Why can't someone just formulate for function? And I thought, wait a second. Well, I'll create my own bars. I don't need, you know, store-bought bars. I'll create my own bars and I'll put them in little Ziploc bags. And I was like, but wait, why Ziploc bags? Why wouldn't I just create, I could create a bar line. Like every time I find something, it's either, you know, it was formulated for label copy or it was a brand that had a a gluten-free line and they also had a soy-free line and they also had a vegan line, but not everything was vegan, but not everything was soy-free. And then some of the things were non-GMO, but not everything was non-GMO. And then one or two flavors was organic, but not everything was organic because they wanted to be able to sell you the cheap stuff. And I was like, ah, it's so confusing. Why can't I just look at a brand and know that that brand stands for something better than everything else? Like, why can't someone hold themselves accountable? And I just thought to myself, this is perfect. I've never been one to wait for something to happen. I'll just make it happen myself. I'll create my own line. I was like, I've already been practicing this whole idea of habit formation over the years. So I'll call it 22 Days Nutrition because the notion is that if it takes 21 days to make or break a habit, on the 22nd day, you're armed with a new tool to live the healthiest version of you. That's it. It's called 22 Days Nutrition. So it wasn't any, like, marketing plan or this company or there's none of that. It was just me trying to create something better. So I started making bars in my house. I was like, okay, so I'm going to create these really awesome bars, and I'm going to start – formulating for function again like i create my recipes i want to make sure that i have the finest the best recipes but i want to hold myself to a higher standard what do i want as a consumer i'm like well i want it to be plant-based always plant-based never deviate from that and if it's plant-based it has to be USD organic because if it's not organic then why even bother like i mean like seriously like i don't want pesticides i don't want herbicides i don't want chemicals i don't want any genetically modified ingredients in my food okay so it's going to be Plant-based, it's going to be USD organic, it's going to be non-GMO, and I don't want any gluten, and I don't want any soy. And it always will stand for that. I will never compromise any of those attributes. I will create a line that people know they can trust, that when they walk in and they see 22 days nutrition, it stands for something more. It's simple, it's clean, it's complete. It's something that is really a cut above everything else. We're formulating for function. We're not formulating for label copy. But in the process... I realized that I was spending a lot of time emailing, you know, my friends were like, oh, well, how do I do that? How do I, I'm, I'm really curious about your plant-based lifestyle. What, what do I eat? Um, how should I eat? Send me a recipe. You know, what vitamins should I be taking? Should I be taking vitamins? Or, you know, how much water should I be drinking? How much water do you think I should drink um, that isn't flavored? How much water can I drink that? Like all of these questions, I'm just, uh, we need a platform that educates people. We need a platform that empowers people the tools that they need to really live their most authentic, healthier selves, right? So we're like, okay, we'll create 22 Days Nutrition, the brand, but I want it to be bigger than just a product line. I want it to be something that anyone can touch. I don't want it to be like, well, you can only have, you know, my goodness if you buy it. I want to be like, I want to share it all. And yes, it's a for-profit business, but we also want to be mindful of the fact that some people... May just want to kind of rub up against the brand. So, we created a brand that could meet you wherever you are, mm-hmm. meaning that we can walk by your side and we never have to touch hands. Like, we can walk by your side. You could go on our website, get fun tips, ingredient spotlights, check out our blog, get really fun recipes, learn about different studies, learn about some of the things that are being done in cardiology today, learn about the benefits of a plant based diet. That's like walking by your side. We could hold your hand. You could buy one of the books, you could go through the recipes. You know, it's a little bit of contact, but not too much. You can still become a fan of the brand by reading some of the stuff that we put out. Maybe you buy a bar here and there. It's a healthy snack throughout the day. Maybe you bring some protein powder and start making some smoothie bowls with some of the recipes that we gave you. Maybe it's a meal replacement. Maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's a pre-workout or post-workout. So we're showing you how to use the products and how to bring them into your life, but you don't necessarily need a whole lot of guidance because you're you're like that self-starter, really go-getter. And then we can carry you. So we can walk by your side, we can hold your hand, or we can carry you. And carry you is like you're 450 pounds, you live in a you know, food desert, and you're like, help. I want to be healthy. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to start. I need help desperately, and I want to start now. We've got you. We'll send you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 100% plant-based. Guess what? USC organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free like the finest meals that you could find and we're doing everything for you. So we're going to carry you up until the point where you can garner the strength to take that first step on your own and to start diving into the information and to start really empowering and enriching your life with the tools that you need to be able to do it on your own. And at that point you'll say, you know what? I no longer need the meals. I've lost a hundred pounds. I've lost 150 pounds. I'm my best, the best, person I've been in 20 years or 30 years or what have you. Now I'm ready to really take on the next chapter. I want to learn how to create my own recipe. So we wanted to create this, really this plant-based lifestyle solution brand Mm -hmm. that that was really more than just like a bar company or more than a powder company. We wanted to create a solution for everyone, whether it was someone that was just curious about a plant-based diet or someone that was an athlete that was performing at at professional levels that just wanted that extra edge or someone that was in desperate need of life-saving help. We wanted it to be for everyone. And the only way to do that is to create a platform that is really robust and, and has enough information for you to be able to share with the world. And that's what we're, we're doing on a daily basis and having a blast.
0: That is really cool. And thank you for that. that thank that's, you. And that's at, they can find that at your website, the 22 mm-hmm. Days Nut- uh, Nutrition that's com. right, 22
1: com. We and have really fun blog posts, really cool, cool. ingredients. It's just awesome information for people just to, to lean.
0: Lean, I like that. You lean, lean. You're just there to support them. You're letting them lean that's on it. you. Cool. And then you have an awesome Instagram, Facebook. They can find you everywhere. Do you guys have a YouTube page? I haven't, I haven't looked to see. We do.
1: Page. We okay. do. We do. Yeah. Okay,
0: very cool. Make sure that's on there as well. And I know I only told you like... 45 minutes to an hour, but we've got I just love talking to you. Wow. Oh, good. Same um, here. oh geez. Thank you so much, Marco. I, I won't Thank take any you. more of your time. I know you're very busy and, um, I just so appreciate your time, but I like to end the podcast just by acknowledging, cause I think people like you who give so much and just, you know, you're always thinking the next step, how can I help someone else? What can I do to create that ripple effect? And, um, sometimes you we don't step back and let someone say thank you. So I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you for those who you helped and the future thank that you. you will. And uh, thank you. I'm so blessed to even been a part of that. And I'm really excited to see where you guys go. And if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And oh, uh, we're
1: going to have tons of fun together. Don't worry. <laughs> Great! Thank you and so much. No, Thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. You're an amazing host.
0: Oh, thank you. And I mean, this was a fabulous interview. By far, one of my favorites. And I'm just I'm tickled to death. But you're going to be my first interview on the on the YouTube page. So that's yeah. fantastic. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, thank you again for everything. One Thanks second.
1: so much.